Hello, and welcome to the Natural Evolution Podcast, produced by Rebel Health Tribe. I'm Michael, and I'll be your host. Together, we will be hearing inspiring stories of healing and transformation, learning from some of the brightest minds in the world of functional medicine and holistic wellness, and exploring the world's best health-related products, services, tools, and resources. And we are live. I am here today with Dr. Peter Kahn. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. For those out there who um, are not familiar with your work, Dr. Kahn supports and manages clients with chronic conditions using a comprehensive approach by merging the exciting advances of functional neurology and functional medicine. He's a board certified in integrative medicine, functional medicine, and a board certified chiropractic neurologist and the creator of Neurometabolic Integration, a science-based virtual online coaching program that identifies the root cause of autoimmune and other chronic conditions. Over 5,000 clients from across the country have come to seek out his holistic approach that is changing the lives of those suffering from chronic conditions. Born in Taiwan and immigrated to America at the age of 13, Dr. Khan has a deep appreciation of Eastern wisdom and Western advances in natural healthcare, and believes in the God-given ability of the body to heal and regulate itself. Not much going on there, just a little bit. (laughs) How was, uh, did you know you wanted to, I always ask this question, when did you know you wanted to be a doctor? That's an interesting question, because um, I don't think I even knew I want to be a doctor, even after I went into chiropractic school. You know, uh, my undergraduate degree, it's actually in exercise physiology, and I actually have a just big passion for exercise. You know, growing up, I was a gym rat, played all different kinds of sports. So I just, you know, really passionate about that subject. I just didn't know what to do with that major. <laughs> I couldn't get a job in as an exercise. I hear you. I have a master's degree in exercise physiology. I hear right? you on the, on the job. You want to go be a low price or low, low salary, like assistant strength coach at a division three college or a personal trainer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, And I think uh, once I went into chiropractic school, I didn't know what I was getting into. But once I went into chiropractic school, I I discovered this whole, you know, uh, paradigm of wellness and holistic health. I went into chiropractic college thinking, oh, I'm going to treat low back pain and sports injuries. But I discovered that health is not just merely the absence of disease. It's really this whole holistic approach of addressing mind, body, spirit, nutrition, and everything else. So, um, so that's kind of what really changed my mind about what I was in. Then I got really passionate about it. And then uh, I think also just through a lot of, you know, personal and family illness, I had a lot of, you know, uh, family members who were sick and that, that, you know, uh, got me to, by necessity to learn functional medicine, to learn functional neurology, to help my own family member. And I think that kind of further my education, which gave me a chance to really, you know, stay on the, the tip of the spear, so to speak as far as doing things that are out of the box and, uh, you know, turn out the out of the box stuff, turn out to be the mainstream stuff now within functional medicine. Yeah. I've noticed that over the last 10 years of being in the health field is that things that were kind of fringy and not a lot of people knew about 10 years ago, uh, our audience members bring up in webinars and podcasts and it's a lot more mainstream and a lot more, um, just recognition and accepted and, 
not as many weird taboos and yeah it's been it's been fun to watch that transition what the audience if i gave a i used to teach classes like live workshops and if i did one 10 years ago versus doing one now the level of education of the audience would be so radically different that it i'd have to definitely change what i was teaching half the people in our audience could teach the things i was teaching before so um, right. that's a good thing and yeah it's great and you mentioned your own need from for family and your own experience our first season of this podcast was all about uh, healing journeys. And I featured a lot of practitioners who went through their own extreme health challenges and that's how they wound up doing what they were doing. And for some people it's, it's family. Like for me, a lot of the, the, the stuff that I've had to learn the last four or five years is because of my wife's health, which is why we transitioned to doing more autoimmune content on here. And then when we learned about, uh, stress and trauma and the nervous system and, and reactions to environmental sensitivities, uh, with her and her condition, then that led to doing brain and neuro stuff on here. So it always, uh, life tends to guide us in the direction that we're supposed to be going one way or another. I think this, this season, the second season, we're all focusing on education. So information, education, and today's topic, we're going to talk about the brain immune gut axis, right? And our audience has probably heard of the gut brain or brain gut axis a lot. And we're throwing immune into the mix. So I'm curious, adding in the immune system there, why do you feel that's so important? Yeah, Michael. And, and you know, we, of course, a lot of people have heard about the brain gut axis or the gut brain axis. It's been discussed many, many times, and there's tons of re research in that area that's probably already talked about. And um, however, I think the immune system is the, a big missing piece within this brain gut axis. And really, the immune system is the the thing that mediates the brain gut access, right? So if you think about how the brain and the gut communicate, beside the hardwire neurological communications through the parasympathetic nervous system, the vagus nerve and so forth, much of the communication between the brain and the gut is really mediated by the immune system. And specifically, you know, we have cytokines that are really doing a lot of these back and forth communication and cytokines really means immune messengers, right? And, and I liken the cytokines as text messages being sent by the immune system to kind of communicate and tell each other, hey, we got a pathogen over here. Let's go kill it. We got some kind of cellular debris over here. Let's go clean it up. And so cytokines is really the main thing that's mediating brain gut function. And uh, again, the catch word of inflammation, right? It's all cytokine mediated. So I think a lot of people think of brain gut axis and the thought automatically goes to either the vagus nerve or the microbiome, right? That's when people think, oh, gut brain. Yeah, I heard of that. I know that. <laughs> microbiome, right? Everybody got to eat fermented food or vagus nerve. We got to do gargling and humming. And... But I think a big part of it is really how the brain, immune, and gut communicate in a three-way triangle. So the visual here is not brain gut bi-directional. Yes, we got that but it's really brain immune gut in a triangle where the brain communicate with the gut, gut communicate with the brain, but brain also communicate with the immune system and vice versa. And the gut communicate with the immune system and vice versa. So really it's a three-way triangle. And what I've noticed is that when one area of this brain immune gut axis dysfunctions, the other two parts of the triangle dysfunctions with it. So you rarely, rarely have someone with just a brain issue without a gut issue. You rarely have someone with a gut issue without also having a brain 
component. You rarely have someone with a gut issue without having the immune system component involved in it. And this is the pattern, right? So it's all about pattern recognition. So I think I'm probably the first person that talk about or coined the term brain immune gut access. And really, it's more about understanding the big picture. So almost the brain immune gut access is a 30,000 feet view of, okay, how things dysfunction and then what type of symptom that produces. Because I think a lot of people out there have multiple health conditions, right? They may have autoimmune disease of some type or multiple autoimmune diseases of multiple types, along with suspecting that they have mold toxicity, along with suspecting they have candida, along with suspecting they have SIBO, along with Lyme and everything else that you hear out there, they think they have kind of like the medical student syndrome, right? Every time yeah. you hear something new online, I have on that. A summit, yeah. Every time you hear a, uh, an interview or a summit topic and you like, oh yeah, that sounds just like me. And so people start to think that they have like 20 things wrong with them when in fact they may have just one big thing wrong with them. The big is the perfect acronym because that's a brain immune gut and that's BIG. So I call it the big idea or this big access of how things dysfunction, especially when it comes to chronic illness like autoimmunity. And in the sense that autoimmunity is really, of course, an immune system dysfunction, but really a lot of people have autoimmune-like conditions but they just don't have an autoimmune disease per se, right? They don't have frank autoimmune disease, but they have either silent autoimmunity or autoimmune reactivity without autoimmune disease, or they're brewing an autoimmune condition, or they have autoimmune-like reactions, i.e. food sensitivity is an autoimmune-like reaction, i.e. leaky gut is an autoimmune-like reaction, i.e. multiple chemical sensitivity is an autoimmune-like reaction. So a lot of people struggle with autoimmune-like reactions or autoimmune diseases, and it can manifest as multiple, multiple symptoms that can look like Lyme disease, look like mold, look like candida, look like 20 other things. And so people start chasing these 20 other things, and they end up taking like 50 or 100 supplements for 20 different things that they think they have when they only have one big problem, potentially. And if we can just address the one big problem, it simplifies. It makes things not as complex. It also doesn't drive people crazy thinking, is there something wrong with me that they have 20 things wrong? So if we can just address the most important thing, a lot of times we're going to get a hormetic effect where the, the most important thing improves, everything else improves with it. So that way you get better results without doing so much. So the, the trick there then is identifying what the big, like, where's the, the wh wh where's the cascade starting? Cause you mentioned, you know, if it's a triangle and one side is off, it's going to pull the other ones off. And then what I'm guessing is people then find themselves trying to patchwork the whole triangle at once and trying to do this for this and this for this and this for this and this for this. And, this for this. and so there's a bit of detective work involved in figuring out, you know, where's the triangle being pulled out of, out of balance from. And when going through that process, uh, you know, there's, there's probably different sets of symptoms or different uh, history clues if, uh, if it's more gut related or if it's more neurologi neurology related or if it's more immune system related. Are there different sets of symptoms based on where that original offense might be coming from? Yeah. And there may be a propensity toward 
either the brain having more symptom or the gut having more symptom or the immune system having more symptom, but not always the case. Sometimes you can have problem that may have originated in the gut, but all this person ever experiences neurological symptoms. So then they think they have a neurological problem with brain issue and they're taking supplements or seeing specialists for the brain when they should be fixing the gut and vice versa. Some people's brain problems shows up exclusively as digestive or GI problems. So then they're fixing the gut when they should be fixing the brain. So that's why I say it's a three-way triangle, it's brain yeah. immune gut, and it's c- connected. And when one area falls, you tend to get this domino effect where other area falls. So when you ask about symptoms, so what I notice is that there's this common denominator when people have brain immune gut axis dysfunction, that they tend to have symptoms in all three areas, maybe not all three, maybe two of the areas. So for example, people may experience brain symptoms when they have brain immune gut dysfunction. And these brain symptoms may include things like brain fog, short-term memory loss, depression, anxiety, neuropathy, as you know, peripheral nervous system, not just central. And they also can have fatigue. Now, people a lot of times say fatigue, is that a brain symptom? Fatigue is absolutely, absolutely a brain symptom. I mean, you don't feel fatigue in your buttock. <laughs> you feel fatigue in your brain, right? That's your brain experiencing that fatigue, that lack of energy, lack of thought process or endurance, neurologically speaking. So if you have fatigue, people should just raise their hand and say, yep, I got a brain symptom right there. That's a brain symptom. So these are brain symptoms that can manifest if the brain immune gut axis is dysfunctional. Now they can also have immune system symptoms. What are those? Well, you can have inflammation, right? That's the catch word. So people say inflammation, isn't that like just, you know, a boo-boo on my elbow when I bump my elbow? No, inflammation is more than just, you know, swelling of the tissue, the redness, swelling, pain, and then the heat that's generated from a cardinal signs of inflammation. Inflammation is an immune system mediated response. You, You can certainly have localized inflammation when you bang your elbow or twist an ankle, but you can also have systemic inflammation. In fact, I would argue that there's no such thing as localized inflammation. I mean, you can have inflammation that manifests or show signs locally, but when you bang your elbow, all the cytokines and all this stuff is circulating through the blood. Every time your heart pumps, your blood circulate, you know, throughout the entire body of about a minute or so, all these cytokines are just going to flow throughout the body. Of course, there's a lot of chemo attractor that's going to attract more of that stuff to the site of injury, but really, you can get that inflammation everywhere from twisting your ankle. This is why some people with autoimmune disease or with an inflammatory condition, they can injure themselves and that can cause a flare up for them where they feel like everything hurts, everything's swollen or something like that. So that's one manifestation of immune system dysfunction within this brain immune gut access issue. Now, other ways immune system dysfunction show up would be things like um, they get chronic infections that they can't clear, you know, people with like Epstein-Barr and, and five different viruses all at the same time. You know, I, I had this one case where, you know, we test for all the different viruses and seven viruses test positive. So when somebody tests positive for seven different viruses, you kind of have to ask, did they catch seven viruses? Or is your immune system that weak that you can't fight off any virus? So the virus just kind of manifests in them. So, so we have a lot of people with these imbalanced immune system where it's really easy for them to catch things. That's also an immune system imbalance. And then you also have people with immune system problem that show up as just autoimmune reactions or autoimmune disease, as we talked about earlier. So that's how that manifests immune system wise. And then lastly, you have the gut. Now you can have GI symptoms such as, you know, gas, reflux, heartburn, 
you know, uh, things like bloating, SIBO, SIFO, constipation, diarrhea, alternating constipation, diarrhea. So these are GI symptoms. However, a lot of times GI symptoms don't just manifest in the gut, right? If you have GI problems or leaky gut intestinal permeability, you're going to have a lot of systemic inflammatory issues and which can cause, you know, things to cross through the blood brain barrier and cause brain symptoms. In fact, most GI symptoms, GI problems manifest as neurological symptoms like brain fog. So if you, how do you know if the GI problem is manifesting as a neurological symptom? An example of that would be you eat something and you get brain fog. Like that's not a gut problem. Yeah, you ate something, but what happens is that something that you ate created an immune system reaction and that created a brain inflammation of the, which is brain fog symptom that you experience. Mm-hmm. So if you ever eat something and you notice your, your brain function changes, that's a sign that the GI problems crossing over and causing brain problem. So now what, what I just discussed is brain symptoms, the set of symptoms that we just talked about, immune system symptoms and gut symptoms. Now, how many of your audience out there listening have symptoms in all three categories? They have some probably a lot of, of them. Yeah, they have some degree of brain fog and depression or fatigue, and then they also have inflammation or infections mm-hmm. they can clear, and they also have to have GI problems. That's a, like a lot of people with chronic illness or autoimmune disease. So this is the common denominator. So where people start to think like, oh, GI, you know, that I got to take some enzyme, and the brain, I got to take some flavonoids, immune system, I got to take turmeric. So they're just chasing things without having a structure or methodology to solving these complex problems. And that can lead to a lot of frustration and just lack of result. The truth is it doesn't have to be that way. And a you lot know, of expense. A lot of expense associated. Yeah, yeah no yeah. kidding. I had clients come to me that would show me like two page list of everything they were taking. And it was like 40 supplements because they'd seen this practitioner who put them on these 12 and this practitioner who put them on these seven. And they never stopped taking the previous ones because they think they still have the thing that they were taking that for. And then it was like, they're taking 30 pills at each meal. And I'm like, how do you even know? This is where, you know, uh, natural medicine mirrors or start mm. to look like, you know, allopathic medicine, yeah. right? How many people go to the medical doctor? They get prescribed like three meds from the previous doc. They go to the next doc. They give them another three. Now, and the doc don't talk to each other. They don't even know what the other person's giving them. So this poor people end up 10, 15, mm. 20 medications, and nobody even knows what they're taking them for because they don't know what they're taking them for. They can't take them off either. Because nobody ever yeah. wanted to take that responsibility, yeah. Yeah, taking yeah, them yeah. off it's something. A mess. When you were explaining some of that, uh, I have a, an injury in my hand that I, I've noticed some days it comes up in waves. So a day or two, it'll hurt a lot. And then it fades away and it'll fade away for a week, week and a half, two weeks. And then all of a sudden it'll start to come back. And I didn't re-injure it. I didn't reheard it. I didn't do anything strenuous. And I've been trying to figure out for about a month and a half what is causing it. And I've started now to look at a more detailed list of what I'm eating and keeping track of that or any other out of the ordinary things that happen in my day-to-day life or just like a life journal. Cause I'm dedicated. Cause you were talking about, you know, if something gets inflamed, so say I'm eating something that's inflaming my gut, uh, that could easily make this hand hurt. And it gets to the point where I can barely type and it's, it's really not good. And, but then two days later, it'll be fine. And so I'm, I think I'm experiencing exactly what you were describing. Would that make sense? Yeah. So if you have pain that goes away completely, but then come back, right? Wax and wing, that's more of an immune system 
response where you you, you get flare up, just like autoimmune. It's like mm-hmm. an autoimmune like response or inflammatory yeah. response that waxes and wings. Mm-hmm. Because if you actually have a structural problem, the pain yeah, it would just, hurt the whole time. You can reproduce the pain every time you bend a certain way. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That's more of a structural issue. Now you could still have a structural issue, right? Some people, especially with spinal problem, postural issues, because of this gravity, mm-hmm. you can compensate for things. So sometimes pain goes away because your body you just tilt the other way and pain goes away. But then a few yeah. days later, pain comes back because you, your body just can't compensate for that anymore. But you know, in other cases where your pain that co- comes and go, typically there's a metabolic inflammatory component. So then you go look. What are the lifestyle triggers that could be potentially causing your immune system or your inflammation level to increase and decrease? And that's how you solve that problem. So I think the biggest takeaway here is that we want to be detectives. We want to think about these things, not in a, you know, try to remove our cognitive biases as much as possible because we hear something on the internet. And then so next thing you know, everything we see is through the lens of that something that we just heard because it makes so much sense and everything has got to be just that. I think we have to just remove these biases, really be really objective. And the way to do that is having a map that help you that, you know, get a true north. The brain immune gut axis is a map. There's other maps that can overlay that, but that's kind of the big idea of how symptoms are produced brain immune gut. And you may not have 20 problems. And we can talk about more, you know, how to, you know, uh, solve these things. One of the things that you talked about earlier, Michael, is that, you know, uh, so, and, and I say, hey, people th- think they have mold and lime and they may not have them, but they may have those things also. That's mm-hmm. the point. Because what causes the brain immune gut dysfunction in the first place, right? So it could be lime that have started it. It could be mold that have started it. It could be candida that have started or leaky gut that have started this dysfunction of the brain immune gut. But once the brain immune gut dysfunction happens, it becomes a chain reaction where it causes brain immune and gut symptoms. Now they feel like, well, everything's going wrong when what we may need to do is just first modulate the brain immune gut axis dysfunction, right? Get the system to calm down and and reach homeostasis. At the same time, look for the most obvious trigger or the most pertinent trigger. For some people, it may be SIBO. For other people, it may be the mold toxicity. But the problem that I see is people start to assume that they have all of them without, you know, testing or sometimes the test could be wrong too, right? So you have to like take a very good inventory and really play the detective. And and even if you have 10 things wrong, you don't fix 10 things all at the same time anyways. You got to take a step-by-step approach. Yeah, that makes total sense. Some of this is extremely personalized. Like I'm sure when you work with directly with people, there's lab testing involved, there's detailed case histories, there's a lot of detective work. Some of it's very, very personalized. But there's also, you know, say you find X, Y, and Z are the root cause things that are, are starting this cascade via your detective work. There's probably a whole bunch of recommendations and, and things that would apply to anyone to make them more resilient, to bring things back towards homeostasis, to be able to do the personalized work. I worked with somebody once who swore upside down, left, right, and sideways that they had no sensitivity to gluten. And because they didn't have bloating, they didn't have gas, they didn't have diarrhea, they didn't have, you know, the, I eat it, I feel fine. After every time they ate, they couldn't work for an hour because their brain felt like a zombie and they needed to lay down and they couldn't think in the afternoons and they always had a big sandwich for lunch. And when I convinced them to give that a try for a couple of weeks to not have that, 
Um, and this person had spent a fortune on, they were so well-researched on nootropic uh, supplements, like to give them the edge. They were on all those blogs about, you know, take these things and you're going to have laser focus and all these things and whatever. And they were spent, some of those are extremely expensive. I'm not going to name any brands, but there's some very, very expensive nootropic formulas out there. And this guy had researched every single one of them had taken them all two weeks, no gluten, no dairy, ditched all his nootropics, could think clearly after work and was or after lunch and was not needing to nap in the afternoons. And so I think that's a good example. That's actually a perfect example. And he was chasing the brain. Right. Nootropics, right? Yeah, it's all lo- about loads of them too. Like, right. Yeah. But he's forgetting the the foundation stuff, which is, or the, the real reason why he's having problem, which is gluten. Now he didn't associate gluten with problem because he didn't have GI symptoms, mm-hmm. but we all know that gluten doesn't just cause GI. It could, but it cannot just cause brain symptom. It could just mm-hmm. cause energy issues. It can just cause autoimmune disease yeah, like yeah. arthritis without having any GI distress. So this is where, why I'm bringing this message out. It's brain and gut, but more than that, it's more about changing people's paradigm about how to think about functional medicine, because a lot of people claim that they do functional medicine where really all they're doing is green pharmacy, right? Mm-hmm. They're chasing symptoms with a supplement, just like the allopathic doctors are doing no better. In fact, even worse, because there's not even any scientific basis to a lot of this natural stuff that people are doing, or they're assuming that they have certain conditions when they don't right? They just heard on, on the podcast, oh, oh, if you have brain fog, fatigue, and uh, you're inflamed, then you have XYZ. Well, what causes brain fog, fatigue, and inflammation? <laughs> Everything. I mean, Hashimoto's does, yeah. autoimmune does, disease does, leaky gut does, yeah, Lyme disease does. You have 117 does. conditions. I mean, insulin <laughs> resistance does. I mean, yeah. we can go on and on about what causes those symptoms. So the symptom could be manifesting, could be caused by 20 different conditions. So we have to be play the detective. And so it's a more about thinking process. That's really what I'm trying to promote to people is that you got to play the de- detective. And the reason I say that, because I failed many times before trying to help somebody because I was following a dogma of what some instructor taught me or something that I heard, right. Or some supplement company say, this is the way it's going to work. And I gave that supplement or I took that approach and it didn't work. So I have to really be honest and ask, okay, why didn't that work? And through failure is, you know, these are valuable lessons. And I, I, I will, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that because, you know, it's not that I, I have all the answers or I came up with all the stuff. It's just, you know, uh, it's more about asking better questions to get better answers, right? If our question is, oh, I have the symptom, what do I take for it? You're going to very easily find a lot of stuff you can take for it. But how do you know what it is for you? Mm. How do you know that's even the thing that's really impacting you? Because could you be wrong, right? You have to be open to new ideas and, and not be biased. I think that's the most important message. I'd like to briefly interrupt this conversation to let everyone know that we've got a free downloadable Foundations of Wellness Starter Kit. It's available for you right now over at www.rebelhealthtribe.com backslash foundations if you'd like a little help organizing and implementing all your learning from this podcast a gift from our team over at rebel health tribe producers of this show and now back to your episode just as important as a root cause is also understanding the mechanism right 
or the mechanism of how you produce that symptom. Why do you have that symptom in the first place? What's the cellular physiological mechanism or what's even the mechanism of the root cause? People may say, oh, leaky gut is a root cause. Or it may be, but what's causing the leaky gut and what's the mechanism? Because if you understand the mechanism, then you can actually be creative and create your own solution that's customized to you because you can work around it. It'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, teaching somebody how to add one plus one equals two. That's all I taught you. You just only know how to add one plus one equals two. But if I taught you how to add any number, any combination number that you can add for yourself. I think a lot of people out there are just learning how to like following somebody's cookie cutter protocol without understanding mm-hmm. the mechanism of how things work. And this is a big part of my education to my audience and programs that I you know, develop is to teach people mechanisms. So even lay people can start to, you know, utilize this information and help themselves or, and, and also healthcare professional to do a better job. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's important. And, and how do you do that? A lot of it is, is not just, you know, having discussions like this, mm-hmm. but I think also having some type of roadmap, right? Like a roadmap. Remember roadmap is a, it's a, it's guidance, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you some type of map to follow. It doesn't mean it's stiff or unflexible that if you just don't follow the roadmap exactly, then you screw up because there's a lot of flexibility within the human body to do different things differently. But a roadmap still will help you to get there faster. So you don't end up on some rabbit trail that you shouldn't even be on in the first place. So it increases the probability of you being right. It doesn't guarantee it because it's always test, see the response. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, you treat and you see the response and you change your protocol. But if you're just completely off on the wrong trail to begin with, you know, you got the nice picture of the forest behind you. You know, you can you can climb the wrong tree and Mm. get to the top of that tree and see that you're you're in the wrong forest. You're climbing the wrong tree. Right. For sure. For those of us who are old enough to remember that's more gas stations you'll have to stop at along the way to ask directions. Uh, If you you don't have a roadmap, uh, I brought that up with a 22 year old the other day and they're like, what do you mean you, and I said, you had to go to gas stations if you were lost and ask them where to go. And they're like, you talk to the gas station person. I was like, yeah. Google map. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, and how did they know how to get anywhere? And I'm like, it was part of their job. Like they knew the local area. They would tell you that they were just mind blown. Well, Michael, I never talked to the gas people about direction. I just continue to stay lost. You know, yeah, I I'm, yeah, I'm man, man, the man right. way of doing it. Uh, so that roadmap you mentioned, what, what might a general roadmap start to look like for this uh, brain immune gut axis and, and chronic symptoms this way? That's, I'm glad you brought it up because I think I'm going to start off by saying, you know, the roadmap it is kind of like uh, in medicine, we have this concept called triage. And triage means that you want to address the most important thing first. So the example that I give is if you see someone unconscious laying on the side of the road, and this person's not breathing and have a broken leg, what do you fix first? The breathing. Right. Because that's going to have the most significant impact for that person, right? Mm-hmm. So the hangnail is not that important in that instance. In, it, it, however, in natural medicine, oftentimes people are going for the hangnails. People are going for the stuff that's not important at this moment in time. doesn't mean the broken leg is not important, just not important at this moment. You got to do the first step first. So the tr- concept of triage means we got to address things that are physiologically the most important for that person so that they can have a better chance of healing from other things. Example of this will be 
let's say someone has blood sugar problem. Okay, let, let's even go a step before that. Somebody has perfusion problems. They're anemic. Okay, they're iron deficient, anemic. When you're anemic, that means you cannot deliver oxygen to your tissue because you don't, you're not carrying enough oxygen. Your red blood cells are smaller. You don't have enough hemoglobin. If you can't deliver oxygen to your working tissue, you can't heal from anything. It'll, or it'll be very difficult. You're going uphill. You're trying to heal, right? From autoimmune disease, from whatever it is, if you're anemic. I see this all the time where people have these underlying foundational problems like anemia or blood sugar problem. And their doctor is telling them, oh, you just need some testosterone. Oh, you just need some hormone replacement therapy. Oh, you heavy metal detox. Maybe you need a heavy metal detox, but guess what? If you're anemic or your foundation is not solid, you do the detox, you're the one that's going to feel worse with the detox. And then the doctor that's telling him to do a detox, telling him, oh, you're just having a Herxheimer reaction. It's good for you. It's good. It's working. Is it? Is it actually good? What if somebody has MS? And they do a detox and they cause metal to disperse more and create an autoimmune reaction. And this person get an MS flare up and lost more neurological function. Is that actually good? I, I will say it's not good. It's actually bad. You just hurt this person permanently. So we have to be very cautious about how we do these things. And using a roadmap will, will help us to not do the things that'll potentially not work or cause more problem down the line, down the line by addressing the most important things first. That makes sense. Yeah. In that instance, it would be better to leave the metals where they are. Sometimes the metal don't hurt you. Yeah. I mean, you don't like to have metal, but it's a fact that we're all exposed to metals, but you mm. know, if it ain't doing nothing, then you're better off just leave it alone and work on other more pressing and urgent things. Okay. Because people always think metal is just automatically bad. Of course, metal's not good, but your body has a way to sequester them in a way that minimizes their damage. But if you have other problems, then those problems may need to be addressed first so that when you do get to the metals, then you have a much easier time with it or more success at detoxing the metal. And uh, I see this happen all the time. And this is the reason, this is the reason why people get frustrated because they say, hey, I, I'm such a good patient. I follow every direction. I took these things. Okay, you do those things, but was that step number one? Or did you try to do step number nine and you left step one through eight unattended to. And, and a lot of this is really, you know, the practitioners, you know, ignorance or not knowing, or the individual person just went to Dr. Google and tried to do these things on their own without having someone guide them in that process. So I, I think, um, again, that the, the big takeaway here is that we got to use some common sense here. We want to eliminate dogma. We want to follow you know, th this healing process with a step-by-step -step process that's flexible, but also give you that guidance. So you're doing things that physiologically make sense first. Let's just give the, the audience just a, a few steps of the roadmap, the most important, sure. the first few steps, right? Okay. Uh, because I think this is really understated and, and not talked about enough. The first part of the roadmap that, that I think is most important for anybody to address if they want to heal from chronic illness is really addressing issues with fuel delivery. Okay. Now fuel delivery is not the same as fuel production. Fuel production is ATP production. That's within the mitochondria. I'm talking about even delivering fuel to your working tissue. So your body has fuel to work with to produce mitochondria. So a lot of people hear fuel delivery. They just think, Oh yeah, ATP, I'm going to take some mitochondria supplement. That's not really what we're talking about here. When we're talking about fuel delivery, the first step in that fuel delivery process is really 
ensuring proper perfusion. Now, perfusion means how well are you able to saturate your tissue with blood and therefore fuel or oxygen and, and so forth. And that perfusion is determined by two things. One is circulation, right? If you don't have good blood flow to your tissue, you're going to have poor perfusion. It's like a, a yard that you don't, you, you know, you have a hose that you're trying to water the yard, but the, the water coming out of the hose just doesn't squirt out that much water. So then you don't get enough water, much water on the grass. So the grass is turning yellow. That's literally what happens to a lot of people when they have poor perfusion. The grass just turns yellow because they're not getting enough water or perfusion to the tissue. This can be measured with a blood pressure cuff. If you have low blood pressure, low normal, and then also low blood pressure along with symptom, right? Just low blood pressure by itself. It may be just low blood pressure because that's your normal. But if you have low blood pressure and you have symptoms associated with that low blood pressure, then that could be a problem. So what's symptom associated with low blood pressure? Well, that could be dizziness, lightheadedness. It could be even fatigue, right? Because you can't get blood to your brain. Guess what? You're going to experience fatigue. That's a brain immune gut access dysfunction. That's a brain symptom. So how do you know if your brain symptom is not uh, fatigue is not caused by a perfusion problem versus the mold that you think you have? You don't know unless you check. So you got to check it. High blood pressure can be just as, as insidious, but low blood pressure is typically not looked at. People don't talk about it. Functional medicine doctor don't really talk about it, don't emphasize it. I think it's a deal breaker. If you have low blood pressure and you also have low perfusion symptoms, that's something you got to identify and help them to, to alleviate and, and identify the root cause of why they have low perfusion in the first place. Now, that's just one way perfusion can manifest, having low pressure. You can also just have poor circulation. How do you know you have poor circulation? Well, cold hands, cold feet, your nose is cold. You just you know, can't warm up ever. You know, If you have that and you have low blood pressure, I mean, that's two strikes against you as far as perfusion. It's going to be difficult for you to heal because you just can't generate enough blood flow to deliver tissue, uh, but to deliver fuel to your tissue. And another way that perfusion problems show up is anemia, as I talked about earlier. Now, anemia could be iron deficiency anemia, but there are more different, there's different types of anemia that doesn't involve iron. You can have B12 deficiency anemia, uh, megaloblastic anemia, you can have anemia of chronic disease, you can have many different types of anemia. Again, not all anemia equals iron deficiency, and not all iron deficiency automatically means that you have anemia. So that has to be teased out. But nonetheless, if you have anemia, you cannot deliver oxygen to your tissue. Again, that's going to make it very difficult. So that's the first step, right? That's kind of the example of somebody who's not breathing and have a broken leg. And you say that, oh, this person's not breathing. We got to give them some testosterone to revive them. We don't ever think that. So why will we, in people with chronic issues, automatically jump to like, oh, they need hormone replacement, which is like a lot of these so-called functional medicine doctors do, but all they're doing is just doing hormone, bioidentical hormone replacement. And then they call themselves functional. Functional medicine has nothing to do with hormone replacement. It has to do with your way of thinking. And this is what we're talking about here. We're talking about how do you think about the problem and how do you assign priority to what's most important? So that fuel delivery is a main key or the first step. If you can establish that, you're going to have much easier time to heal the gut, to detox, even for hormones to work, brain function improving. You're going to have an easier time if your perfusion is optimized first. That makes sense. And it, and it, and it brings me back to my days of doing rehab work and, and injury rehab because uh, injuries, muscles will heal much faster than connective tissue. 
Well, bluff and him. so do bones like uh, a little bit. And so it was always the sprains that lasted forever, the, the ankles, the wrists, the knees that last forever. But if you, if you get a bruise in your leg or you hurt a muscle heals pretty quickly. And I was always like, why does this ankle take six weeks to heal? And the patient PT would always tell me it's because your connective tissue doesn't have blood flow. Yeah. And so that would make sense that that would apply to any sort of healing and function is that if it's not getting the, the gas uh, to make everything go, then everything you're giving and you, your, your 62 supplements then aren't going to get to where they need to go either. Exactly. And, so. and, and you mentioned, you know, uh, getting gas to the tissue. That's a great analogy for the next step in the roadmap. Okay. The next step after perfusion is actually blood sugar stability. And, you know, so this is also another area that's just so common for people to have blood sugar problem, either insulin resistance or hypoglycemia or blood sugar instability, where they kind of swing from insulin resistant and hypoglycemia. And that is a big problem because blood sugar, having stable blood sugar, is like sending gasoline to the engine block. So in the car, you have what's called a fuel injection system. Now, pretty soon with the electric cars, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about, you know, fuel injection, like gas attendance, you know, uh, but fuel injection system in the car is to ensure steady delivery of gasoline into the engine block. So your car is getting steady fuel so that you don't lurch and, you know, sputter as you go, right? Blood sugar stability is that fuel injection system in your, in your body. So if you have steady blood sugar, then you're ensuring steady energy flow into your brain and working tissues. And that is vitally important. If you have blood sugar swing that are wild, it, it is going to create inflammation in and of itself. And it gonna, it's going to create all kinds of hormonal responses that's going to break you know, your insulin receptor. It's going to cause insulin receptor problems. It's going to cause cortisol imbalances because your, your body has to secrete cortisol to try to balance that unstable blood sugar. So therefore, you're putting a stress on the adrenal gland. Uh, did I mention inflammation, right? So blood sugar is, is really important as a second step of that roadmap. Um, and now some people have both low perfusion, like they're anemic and low blood pressure, and they have low blood sugar at the same time. And that's like not very good because you got two problems in, in two first steps of that roadmap that's going to immediately impair your ability to heal and to feel good. And by fixing those two steps first, people oftentimes can feel better immediately. And that's the cool thing about fuel delivery, blood sugar, perfusion. If you improve those areas, usually the symptomatic improvement and improvement in quality of life is pretty immediate. It's quick, right? It doesn't take forever for you to, to, to feel something from that. So that's the, the benefit of addressing those. Sure. Well, that's a great place to start. And when we air this, so if you're listening to this episode now, uh, we're going to have a button down below that is going to lead to your brain immune gut masterclass. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what that means and what that is and why somebody might want to click there and go check that out? Absolutely. Yeah. The brain immune gut masterclass is basically a masterclass seven day event where I highlight not just the brain immune gut access and all how the interconnection plays, but also lay out the roadmap. Okay. I gave you the first two steps. There's actually a total of 12 steps in this roadmap. And each step, I go into detail teaching you clinically, you know, uh, relevant and the things that I learned, you know, through working with over 5,000 clients over the past 
oh gosh, since 2009, uh, things that I learned that really has, you know, stand out to me that give us the most bang for the buck. You see, you don't want to chase things and do a bunch of stuff that's irrelevant. That's going to push the needle only a little bit. You want to do things that's going to push the needle the most. And you want to do that in a sequential manner. So you're, you're doing the first things first. So the Brain Amiga Masterclass is me going over through this roadmap that I've developed step-by-step step and giving the details on it. And I think it's going to help people to really get the big idea. I love the word big because every time I say big, it's reminding me of the Brain Amiga Access. But it's going to give you the big idea, but moreover, change your paradigm of how you see these symptoms, how you see these conditions, how they interplay with each other. Yes, I'm not discounting Lyme and mold and SIBO and all this stuff. They can all be a, a trigger or a part of it. But if you can learn to start to organize this information so that you're doing the first things first and so on, it's going to make it easier for you to solve chronic health conditions, either in yourself or in other people. So uh, again, the Brain Immune Gut Masterclass is a seven-day event. I recommend, you know, if you have an interest, keen interest in, in healing chronic conditions that you want to uh, register for that event. And really, uh, I mean, the feedback that I get is a phenomenal. You know, people usually are picking up their jaws from the floor after they watch it. And I'm not saying that hyper, I'm not one for hyperbole. This is just a feedback that I'm getting. And I'm kind of giving your audience a little, little taste for what's to come. So hopefully, uh, you know, people register for that. Yeah, we'll make it real easy. It'll be right below, right below where you're listening or you're watching. You can go there, click, head over there, check that out. Uh, I've actually heard similar feedback about uh, your masterclass from professional colleagues of mine. So uh, it's it's getting around that you've got a good thing there that's really helpful for a lot of people and that it's really high quality content. So uh, our audience knows we don't often promote a ton of things like that. And so um, I definitely put my stamp there and head on down below, just click there, um, head over, check that out. I want to leave with one. We talked about a lot of different things today from different ways to identify different locations of where your gut immune brain access is thrown off or steps and roadmaps. Um, what would be one takeaway? Like one, somebody's going to start doing something differently tomorrow than they're doing it today and they want just one recommendation uh what would you be able to say to them that you would make as your one tip or suggestion to start tomorrow take a deep breath <laughs> and, and and when i when i say that i don't just mean take a deep breath as in like meditate i think meditation is really probably that one thing where you need to do and the reason why I think that's important is because when you take a deep breath, you're taking a step back and you're not chasing, right? You're letting things come to you. You're letting your intuition come to you and you're reevaluating things, reflecting instead of just reacting. So take a deep breath. But also what I mean by that is take a deep breath so that you can actually take time to evaluate what you're doing and whether it's working. And really, I don't mind people doing whatever it is that they choose to do. The main question is, how's it working for you, right? If you're getting a lot of results, you're feeling great, great. It's working. I'm not going to argue, right? Uh, if you're waving a magic crystal and you're feeling better, keep waving that magic crystal and maybe let me borrow it. But whatever you're doing, if it's not working, you have to just be honest, like, okay, maybe there's something else. And how do you know there's something else? It depends on knowledge that you gain. So take a deep breath and don't think that you have 50 things wrong with you because you probably don't. 
you probably just need to step back and reevaluate it and use a, perhaps a different map and see things in a different sequence. Maybe you already know a lot of things that we're going to talk about that I have talked about, but maybe just putting it in a different order will help to elucidate and clarify for you. So now you get better results just simply from putting things in a different perspective or different order of, of execution. So it's not about doing new things. In fact, many times what I see is um, people need to do less, right? People need to do less. They need to do more, the more important things and need to do it in a specific way, in a specific sequence. Sometimes it's moving to Italy. Sometimes it's quitting a job. Sometimes it's getting out of a bad relationship. Sometimes it is, you know, you're just vitamin D deficient, right? So you have to find what the thing is that's going to move the needle for you the most and really focus on that. Perfect. And that's much easier to do when you're breathing and grounded and not from a place of reaction and panic. So I've, I've learned that firsthand in health crises with my wife that when I was like this all over the place, I would, it was much less effective than if I could breathe and get relaxed and grounded and be like, okay, what do we do from here? Uh, thinking from that place is probably a gut immune brain triggering there when you're freaked out. So uh, perfect place to stop. Uh, we'll have links below to your website, to the big masterclass uh, sign up event, to everything else down below. Uh, thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared here, for creating that masterclass, for mapping this stuff out and for, for everything that you're doing. I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope we can collaborate more in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And that wraps up another episode of the Natural Evolution Podcast. Thanks for listening, and please check out the links in the show notes below to learn more about our guests and grab your free downloadable Foundations of Wellness Starter Kit, which will help you implement what you're learning here and make powerful shifts in your health and your life right away. Just go to www.rebelhealthtribe.com backslash foundations, and you can be started in only a few minutes. If you enjoy the show, please drop a rating, review, or subscribe to stay in the loop with future releases.